Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. If you're watching online, I just wanted to say thank you for doing that. Many people watch our services live as well as the replay throughout the week, but I did want to extend an invitation too. If you're ever in Texas in the Bryan College Station area, come out to a New Heights Church service live. I promise you, me and everybody here will make you feel right at home in Jesus' name. Come on, give a hand to our online viewers. So I hope you're enjoying spring break. I hope you're off to a great start. Uh, you guys got a little bit more sleep than the early service. Uh, but I, for one, I love it when it's daylight longer outside. So I don't know what that means for daylight savings. Like I don't know which way is actually the saving time or whatever, but if they would just leave the time where it's you know, brighter, longer, I would be totally happy about that. All right. We're going to talk for a few minutes today about something that will change your life. If you'll get it, if you'll get it right down in here. And the entire series that we're in the middle of, that we're calling Silence the Cynics, it really hinges around one question. And, and I'm going to ask the question, but I don't want you to hear it with the shallow part of your brain. Uh, I didn't just call you shallow. I'm just talking about the shallow part of your brain. Everybody has different levels of their brain. He was like, I'm not certain. Did, did he just say we're shallow? Maybe what I'm saying is, is this don't hear this with that part. Okay. Like you can go as deep as you want in God. You didn't, you didn't come to church on Sunday morning and stay the same. So let's just change. Let's just, matter of fact, let's just, let's just set the whole mood. So I'll lift our hands like this. If you're not comfortable with it, get comfortable with it. Bow your head. Lord in Jesus name. We want to change today. We want to be formed by your word, shaped and molded by what your Bible says. We trust you as the all-knowing entity, and we trust your word. Lord, help us to see that higher thing that you've called us to, each one of us today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, all right, here comes the question, okay? Again, hear this down deep. Honest to God, what would your life look like if you lived without regard to what people think about you? And, and I don't mean that like in an arrogant way, like ah, I'm just, you know, you go be rude all the time or something like that. That's silly, okay? I'm talking about Christians. You love the Lord. You're following after God. What would your life look like if you did not filter things through what people think about you, the insecure thoughts that are in your head, what if, what if you just literally ignored them? Who would you be kind to that you haven't been kind to? Who would you forgive? What would you forgive yourself for? Well, maybe you've been divorced. Maybe you've made some really bad decisions in life. Can I just say join the club? What if, what if you decided today that you're not going to live yoked to the thoughts and the opinions of other people? What, what if you lived free from the office politics? You know what I hate? I hate this about as much as I hate anything. When somebody wants to sit down and fillet somebody else in front of me. Because I always feel like, well, what are you saying about me when I'm not around? There's been many times in my life where somebody says, you know, so-and-so. And as soon as they start talking, I'll say, let me just stop you right there. That's my friend. And I'm not their friend because they've done everything right. Okay. 
I'm their friend. I've had other people and they go and just run their mouth and, and, and talk about somebody. And, and by the time it's over, I just say, you know what? I said, all the time you could have said, all the time it took you to say all that, we could have prayed and God could have moved on their behalf. What if we lived free of the opinions of other people? I'm talking really free. Here's, here's one. Who would you witness to if you didn't care what they thought about you? Because here's, here's why people don't witness. People don't witness because they're insecure and they're scared about what somebody would think about them. Well, how do I start the conversation? What would I say? What, well, let me tell you something. You'll never witness to anybody unless you try. You miss every ball you don't swing at. Who would you witness to? One, one of the strongest gifts that I walk in is discernment. Uh, I can walk into a lot of rooms. And to be honest with you, uh, you probably flow in discernment very strong as well, especially when it comes to your own house and stuff. But as a pastor, it's just one of the things that God just puts on pastors, it seems like. A real strong discernment. I'm walking the mall yesterday. I got my son with me. Two young men walk by and God opens their life up to me just like that. I don't know why God does it like that. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. It makes it real easy to witness somebody when you can tell somebody their whole life. (laughs) But that does not eliminate our responsibility to witness to people when we don't experience something like that. And all the insecure thoughts, I'm 37, I know I look 21, I'm 37. (laughs) They've never gone away from me. The insecure thoughts, but the insecure thoughts, they don't eliminate the command to go and make disciples. So just because we have insecure thoughts, that doesn't stop us from doing the right thing. Does that make sense? So what we need to do is silence the cynics in our life, which most of them are in our head, and they act like boomerangs. As soon as they're gone, they're on their way back. And we start to get real insecure. Moms and dads, your words become your child's worth. What you say as an external dialogue becomes the internal dialogue in your children's head. So even when you're not seeing what you want to see, call out what you want to see because what you say will be with them depending on where they are. It could be with them forever. Some of the thoughts that we wrestle with, all of us, some of them are from, from grade school. Some of them are because an uncle did something, said something. Some of them are are, are because, you know, in high school, you were excluded all the time. So you've just felt excluded the rest of your life. Oh, it's as simple as, as where we sat at the cafeteria. We develop these thoughts and these cynical thoughts. They just boomerang and come back. And we end up wrestling with them. I think we ought to silence the cynics. What do you think? How free would you really be? How free would you really be if you lived without regard to what other people think about you and without regard to those cynical thoughts that keep coming around in your head? How free would you really be? What would you do? What would your life look like? Isn't it odd that when you're a kid, everybody tells you to try your best? But then when you get to be an adult, everybody just kind of ignores you. I'm the only one. Praise the Lord. I guess you guys all have cheerleaders every morning that wake you up. Rah, rah, ree. Kick him in the knee. When, when, when we're kids, everybody's like, come on, do your best. Don't quit. Try your best. You go to school, they put a whole assembly together. They have somebody come in that'll yell and say, yo, yo, go do it, rock. What do you want to be? An astronaut. What are you going to do? Trapeze. I'm going to just fly. 
And you get grown. And everybody's like, just get a job. Just get a job. Well, I, I just, I just, I, I do, I know I need a job, but I just want to excel. I want to do more. Don't get in too big a hurry. Where does it shift? You hear what I'm saying? I had coaches that would make me want to run through a wall. I look back at pictures. I thought I was like 10 foot tall and 10 foot wide. I was little bitty. And the coach would be like, and I'll tell you what we're going to do. You're going to get out there and they're going to try to hit you. But they're not going to hit you because you're going to hit them. I'm like, we're going to hit them. And then you get grown and everybody's like, just slow down. Don't, no, don't. You know what? If you go out, that's a big risk. All these cynical thoughts come. And they just start plaguing us. And the truth is, everybody says the right thing. Almost everybody. Says the right thing. We all say, I don't care what people think. Who has ever said that? Just be honest. I don't care what people think. Okay, everybody who didn't raise your hand, dishonest. Okay? (laughs) Just a side note. We all say it. But the Bible says in Romans 10 and 9, it says this. We'll put it on the screen for you. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. Somebody say, and believe. That God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So you can say that you believe on Jesus, but if you don't believe on Jesus, you won't be saved. Do you see that? You can believe on Jesus and not say it. And by this, if you're capable of saying it, it's indicating that you're not saved. Do we all agree? There's two parts to this scripture. So you can say, I don't care what people think, but if you don't believe it in here. And the problem is you're, you're an adult, (laughs) And adults need a lot more convincing than kids do. You tell your kids we're going to Disneyland, they don't start pulling out a map and going, well, how are we going to get there? (laughs) Hey, we're going to Disney World. Well, what do we have in savings? (laughs) They've never said that. When they ask you to go get ice cream, they don't ask to see the account first. They believe you, right? Well, he never called you the adults of God. He called you the children of God. Matter of fact, he even said this. He said, he said, he was asked one time, you know, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he goes, Brian Hallam. Wait a minute. No, sorry. Sorry. My name is Brian Hallam, by the way. And that's a joke. He says, he says, who's the greatest? They said, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? He goes, wait a minute. He said, bring me a baby. Bring me a kid. And he said to the kid on his lap, he said, you can't even get to heaven unless you're converted like this kid. Why? Because kids believe anything. You can tell a kid that an Easter bunny puts eggs in the yard and they believe it. <laughs> and you know good and well, it's you putting them eggs out. <laughs> and all you dads, I know how y'all hide the eggs. <laughs> I did it, hon. Send them out. <laughs> You're going to crack the egg. We're going to crack them anyway. We say it, but we don't believe it. And he said, we've got to be converted like a kid, which we'll believe it. The fact is, we've got to get ourselves convinced in here, because the Bible says this also, as a person thinks in their heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The Bible continues to say this next verse, the heart with the heart, man believes. somebody say, believe, believe, believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You have to start believing you are righteous. I'm going to say that again, because I don't want anybody to think that I just misspoke. You have to start believing you are righteous. You are not righteous based off what you have done. You are righteous based off the blood of Jesus Christ. 
He said, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The scripture continues to say, whoever believes on him will not be ashamed. That word ashamed can can be translated, whoever believes on him will not be insecure. It's time to take the cynics and the insecure thoughts off the table because the truth of the matter is you are not your own. You are bought and paid for with the highest of prices. You are righteous and you've got to not just say it. You've actually got to start believing what the Bible says about you. Because the minute you start believing it, you'll realize, of course, you didn't earn it, but you deserve it. I know this is new for a lot of us. You didn't earn it, but you deserve it completely. If you had $10 million in the bank, and I know what you're thinking. Well, that means I would have lost a lot of money. <laughs> if you had $10 million in the bank, and you died and went to heaven, would you want your kids to receive that? Just nod your head if you would. Some of y'all are like, not my kid, I tell you what. You would want your kid to receive it. If that's you, almost everybody, they didn't earn it. But they deserve it. Why? Birthright. You remember Jesus? He was, he, he, a guy, Nicodemus, came to him at night. And he said to him, he said, he was talking to him about the gospel and about heaven. And, and Jesus said, he said, you have to understand this above everything else, Nicodemus. If you want to get into the kingdom of heaven, you have to be born again. When you are born again, from that moment on, you will never be more accepted by God than you are. You are not accepted by God because of what you did right. Let's say that again. Matter of fact, I'm going to come down here because I really feel you all this morning. You will never be more accepted by God than you are when you are born again. My children are born in my house. Not like, not like literally. I know some people are doing that now. We still did the hospital thing, okay? No problema for me. Okay? A lot of people are doing it at the house. That's cool. A lot of people are bathtubbing it and... and Swimming pool in it and everything else. Call us old fashioned. We just did it at the hospital with a doctor present. <laughs> Jesus was born in a barn. Mine weren't. Okay. Y'all can use my barn if you want to try it though. But they're born in my house. You know what I didn't do? I didn't look at any of my children and say, what's your name? I named them, Crystal and me. You know why we named them? Because we made them. You didn't make you. You can't name you. He called you his son or daughter and you can't change that. When you become a Christian, when you get born again, you're in the family of God. If my children came into my house and said, Daddy, can I just have a drink of water? Just like one drink of water. Oh my gosh, Daddy. It would break my heart. Because everything I have is theirs. Why? Not because they're better than your kids. They were just born in my house. If your kid came to my house, I would probably give them everything that they wanted too. But my kids don't have to wonder. They come right in my home, boldly, wherever I am. They don't come to me and go, Dad, can we go eat dinner? And then we go eat dinner and go, Dad, uh, can you like buy it? <laughs> of course I'm going to buy it. Why? I supply their needs according to my riches. He supplies my needs according to his riches. So when, when, when you're a son or a daughter of God, you've got to start believing it because in believing, the Bible says uh, that Abraham, it was counted unto him as righteousness because he believed what God said about him. You start believing God that you've actually been made righteous, you'll walk a little different. 
You'll, you'll start acting a little different. Some stuff will just fall off your life. Stuff you've been struggling with for years, some of it will just fall off your life. You'll start being, man, I, I didn't earn it, but I deserve it. Why? Birthright. If, if, if my children did not receive my, the inheritance that I'm storing up for them and my grandchildren, if they didn't receive that and I could, I would portal back to heaven and make sure that it happened. Because I want my children receiving the right that comes from their birth. So when it comes to you and your relationship with the Lord, you have to say, I don't care what people think, but then you actually start to have to believe, you have to, you actually have to start believing it. You actually start believing you're God's kid. I told this story last week, I'll tell it very quickly. When I was, when I was young, particularly in junior high, I would walk from the middle school after football practice or whatever to my parents' business. It was a dry cleaning plant, several businesses actually, but the primary one in that particular building was a dry cleaning plant. And I would walk in and I never knocked on my dad's office door. I just walked in. And it didn't matter who he was talking to. He would always stop cold. And he would look and he said, Brian, dad, you made it. Yeah, I did. He said, man, I'm glad you're here. I said, I am too. He said, how was school? Man. <laughs> how was football practice? Awesome, dad, man. It was just so good, so fun, man. It just, rawr. Cool. Listen, go in the safe. I'm 13 years old, maybe 12. Go in the safe, get you some money, and go over to the convenience store, get you something to eat. Okay. I'd go in the room where the safe was. And depending on when the deposits were made, there was piles of money sitting there. I'd just grab me some money, stick it in my pocket, close the safe. I'm 12. That particular business, I think they had it for 20, 25 years before they sold it. I asked him the other day before I spoke last week, I said, did you ever give any employees the combination of that safe? He said, no. But here I am as a son at 12 with all access. I didn't earn it, but I deserve it. Why? Birthright. You got to look at your own kids. You say, well, what would I do for my kids? Well, that's exactly what I'd do. Well, what do you think God wants to do for you? Isn't he a good father? I'd go over to the convenience store and I'd, I'd, I'd get me some, some almost always Reese's pieces. Come on, somebody. And a Dr. Pepper. It was back when they put them in the glass bottles, you know, I'd get me a Dr. Pepper and, and then I'd, I'd use my chains to play Galaga. Y'all see that Galaga wrist? Y'all know what's up. I'm ready. I stay ready. I don't get ready. Ah. My kids came to me after I preached last week and they said, dad, I said, what? We want Galaga. I said, I said, okay. I was back when video games were a lot easier, left, right, and shoot. <laughs> Nowadays they hand me these games. They got a button for every finger. I'm like, nope, <laughs> give me Galaga. Sometimes I'd bring them back stuff. I'd be like, hey, dad, I got you a Coke. I bought it with his money. I got you a Coke. I didn't earn it. Does this make sense? But I deserve it. You got to believe it. See, as a kid, I believed it. I believed I didn't have access to my dad because of what, I'd done, what I had done correctly and I didn't lose access for what I had done incorrectly. I had access to my parents because they loved me and I was born in their house. Amen. You don't have access to God because of what you've done right. And you don't lose access to God because of what you've done wrong. You either have access because you are born again or you do not have access because you are not born again. You're either in the family or you're not in the family. Well, what about when I do wrong? He actually said he knew you were going to. Now, I'm not condoning it, 
listen, we're not trampling the blood of Jesus under our feet. That is ridiculous. That's, that's heresy, to be honest with you. I don't use words like that lightly, but that is not uh, uh, the will of God for your life. But he did say the righteous, and that's you and me, we would fall seven times. But then he made something, a, a comment that I think is even more important. He said, but you'll get back up. When you teach your, your kid to ride their bike, like you don't quit when they fall. The first thing you tell them is you got to get back on that thing. <laughs> you know, the old thing, if a horse bucks you off, shoot the horse. No, wait, that's not right. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not, sorry, that's not right. I'm from East Texas, y'all. It's a little different. When the horse bucks you off, you get back on. When you fall, you get back up. Somebody said, get back up. But you gotta, you, you can't believe the fact that you've lost your righteousness. <laughs> Cause you didn't get your righteousness by doing good. You got your righteousness by being born in the righteous family of God. Born again. Therefore, when you mess up, that's actually the best time to run to Him and say, Dad, I messed up. Can you help me with this? He says, Absolutely, I can help you with that. That's what I'm here for. But it starts with right believing. Just like Abraham. You've got to believe. You've got to start believing what God said about you. He said this about you and he knew what you were going to do. Uh, last week, I, I had Trinity, my little, my little seven-year-old, come up here and paint this, this, this just spot-on replica of me, if I'm being honest. Uh, but as soon as she got done with the finger paint, I put it on my refrigerator. The reason I put it on my refrigerator is not because her finger paint is better than your finger, uh, uh, your finger paint. It probably is. But it's not because it's better than what your child might would paint. But my child's finger paint belongs on my refrigerator because she is born in my house. Your child's finger paint belongs on your refrigerator because they are born in your house. You don't, you don't sit there and go, oh, this is better than every other finger painting on the planet. It just happens to be your child's finger paint. You don't accept your kid because of their successes and you don't throw them out of your family whenever they do something wrong. They are yours. You love them and it's settled whenever they were born in your house. That settled the entire thing. So when it comes to God, we've got to get that picture. Come on, give God a big hand of praise. We've got to get the right picture. Because if not, you'll be a yo-yo Christian. When you're feeling good, you're like, oh man, I'm right up here in the hand of God. But then whenever you, you miss the mark, you'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm way down here at the bottom. Wait, I'm feeling better. Oh, I'm in the hand of God again. You've got to get to the place where you actually believe what he said because just saying it. Now listen, sometimes you've got to say it until you believe it. The most powerful thing you've got is your mouth. That's why the devil's fighting you so hard for it. Wanting to keep you cynical all the time. Wanting to make you a smart aleck all the time. Nothing wrong with having fun and joking and picking. But if every word that comes out of your mouth is cynical or satirical or, or smart aleck or, or negative, it never, nothing ever changes. You need to change that. Not tomorrow. You need to change that today. Cause the most powerful thing you got is your mouth. The Bible says that life and death is in your mouth. What comes out of your mouth dictates whether you are leaning towards the things of God or you are leaning away from the things of God. The Bible said that in Genesis 1, it didn't say there was light. And then God says, hey, there's some light. The Bible says, God said, let there be light. And it was. He said, these things and greater shall you do. The Bible says we don't call things that are, we call things that are not as if they were. And we believe down on the inside of us that, that, that we'll have whatsoever we ask. And in the name of Jesus, we will see what we say. Amen. I don't even have to know your life. All I got to do is listen to you five minutes. I'll tell you what your life looks like. Because we will, if we will say it, we will see it. And whatever we're saying is what we will see. Isn't it interesting? When you're constantly talking down, it's almost like all the negative things in your life are magnified. When with the exact same effort and energy, you can thank God for the things that you do have. 
and you can begin to call the blessings of God into your life. It starts with saying it. Bible says then we believe, we believe it in our heart. It's a two-step process, but you've got to purpose. Somebody say purpose. We'll wrap this up in just a few minutes, but we've got a purpose. Somebody say purpose. We have to purpose to believe. On purpose, believe. What do I believe? I believe what the Bible says. And the Bible says you're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. I can feel some of you are getting free even this morning. Because there's a lot of thoughts that have been plaguing you for years. And they have become labels. And they have become strongholds in your life. But God is wrecking those strongholds today with a new revelation of who you actually are. And you are going to silence the cynics and not live as a puppet to everybody else's opinion anymore. You can be free. Somebody say be free. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Faith says... You're not going to see it. So quit acting shocked that you don't see it. (laughs) Pastor, I'm just not seeing it in my life. Faith is working. But we have to purpose to believe. Let Let me just give you some things. We have to purpose to believe, but then you have to choose that there are certain things that I refuse to believe. Let me just give you a few. You might want to take notes. Here's some things that I refuse to believe. I refuse to believe that beans belong in chili. That man knows what he's talking about. I refuse to believe that okra belongs in gumbo. It's slimy. I don't know why people, they just fill it up. I don't know. That was 50-50. Some of y'all are like, gumbo with no okra. My grandfather used to say this. Gumbo is another word for okra. I don't think so. Papaw? (laughs) That's what he was saying. I don't like the okra. Gumbo is another word for okra. I refuse to believe the Dallas Cowboys are not America's team. And it was a catch. All right. I refuse to believe God is against me. Like for real. Like the thought will come. Has God forgot about me? I refuse to believe that he would forget about me. He said, I'm the apple of his eye. He's numbered the hairs on our head. Some of you, it didn't take him very long. (laughs) I refuse to believe that God left me. I won't believe it. Wild horses couldn't make me believe that God left me. I refuse because he said he'd never leave me. But I feel like he's far from me. My feelings are not who I am. I'm what he said I am, and he said I'm his son. But what if you miss the mark? Of course I've missed the mark. I refuse to believe that sickness is for me. Well, what do you do with all the symptoms? I believe God in the face of all adversity. But I refuse to believe that sickness is for me. When he said healing is what he feeds his children. Healing is the children's bread. You ever seen a kid eat bread? My kids love bread. Rolls. They put butter on the butter. I refuse to believe that my insecurities define who I am. In all honesty, this is a scripture you'll want to write down.
Proverbs 3 and 26. Proverbs 3 and 26. The Lord will be your confidence. Have you ever felt insecure, less than, nervous? Did you know God will be your confidence in that moment? Lord, I I need you now more than I've needed you. I'm, I'm feeling insecure again, but you said you'll be my confidence. You said the righteous, that's me. You said the righteous are bold as a lion. I'm going to be bold as a lion, and I'm going to trust that you're going to be my confidence. I refuse to listen to my insecurities. They are not for me, and they are not from me. How do you know which thoughts to cast down? Any thought that is saying something to you that you would not allow spoken to your children in your presence is a thought that you do not tolerate. Never tolerate a thought that you would not allow spoken to your children in your presence. I have three kids, 12, 10, 7. I would never in a million, jillion years allow somebody to speak harshly to my children in my presence, even if my children were wrong. So stop tolerating those thoughts in your head that are speaking to God's child, that's you, and trying to beat you up. You are not your success. You're not your failure. You're not your waist size. You're not how well your shirt or your dress fit today. You're not the things that your kid did wrong. And here's a news flash. You're not what your kid did right. Because if that sets your identity, when they miss the mark, you will be crushed. People make their own decisions even at a young age. Each one of us in the room, we've missed the mark and we're God's kid. Does that make him a bad father? No. Be free today from the cynics that won't ever shut up. And you can't negotiate with them. Okay, I'm going to listen to you, but I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to this, but I'm not going to... No, 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 no. You got to scratch the thought and get it out of your head. And when it shows up, ignore it. All of your thoughts are not your thoughts. Lots of them are fiery darts. They try to kill me on the internet when I teach like this. Y'all should see some of the stuff people say. They send in messages, well, this, that, or the other. Stay in bondage. All your thoughts are not your thoughts. Lots of them are the enemy looking and regurgitating your failures to try to see if he can keep you stuck and insecure so that you won't witness to your coworker because you're so scared of what people think about you. But when you get to the point, you go, I just don't care what people think. I don't mean that ugly. Don't mean it arrogant. I just don't care. Well, what do you think they're going to think if we pray out loud for our food? I didn't think about what they would think. <laughs> well, what would you, what, what about this? What about, what, what if, what if they don't want me to pray for them? What if they do? What if they think I'm like, uh, uh what if they think that I'm like self-righteous? Then they're wrong because you're not. You're righteous because God said you're Righteous. You are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I don't, I didn't earn it. Duh. But you deserve it. Why? Birthright. The Lord spoke to me in January of this year. I took two weeks digesting it, searching the scriptures, verifying and validating what I had heard because I knew he was changing me. Change me as dramatically as the sunrise changes the horizon. That's how much it's been in my life. I didn't even, I was 
pretty free guy, free guy anyway. Took a lot to kind of get me down. Because even when I'm down, I still know how to pray the prayer of faith. I know how to confess the word. But just the same way that Romans says you got to believe in your heart while you're confessing, there has to be a believing. But the reality is the concept of, of, of being righteous in God's eyes can be a challenge to believe, especially for adults. Kids get it. Jesus wants to be your best friend. They're in. But adults, we've got to really, you know, think about it. I spent two weeks just digesting it. And I finally said, okay, that's it. I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to live without regard to what people think about me. And I'm going to see what it's really like. And I'm telling you, before God, the freedom that I'm walking in now, it's crazy. And I want you in it. I want you free from those cynical thoughts. What, what if they think I'm not smart? Who cares what they think? Did you know most conversations in America are not even really conversations? They're more like two monologues of two insecure people where each person is trying to convince the other person that you're not smarter than me. Nobody's really listening to each other. We're waiting for the moment to say our piece. The freest people in the world are not trying to be interesting. They're trying to be interested. Because when you stop caring what somebody thinks about you, you're free to actually listen to what they say. Because they might say the one thing you don't know, genius. Right? I don't mean to step on your toes. I was trying to hit your foot. One of my favorite shows on TV is Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Hey! Hi, I'm Guy Fieri. We're rolling out on this week's episode of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. If it's funky, we'll find it. Flavortown. What I'm going to do real quick, won't take me long, about 15 minutes probably. I'm making a cake from scratch. I just scratched the box open. See, your life is filled with all kinds of ingredients. This powder's got the, the cake mix in it. It's got, it's got uh, the other stuff in it too. It's got some bacon powder, maybe some bacon soda. It's got flour, it's got sugar, has some chocolate, undoubtedly. And it requires certain things, and it also requires a certain amount of time. Somebody say time. It's a very interesting uh, scenario that God, he causes all these things in our life to work together for good, even though each thing individually would not be good individually. Secondly, everything doesn't enjoy the process. I'm sure the chicken didn't enjoy losing its egg. And the egg doesn't enjoy being broken. But you have to have the broken egg to have the egg to get inside the mixture to, in order to have the cake that you actually want to have. Then whenever it seems like everything is beginning to stabilize, now your life gets flooded with something else new. And you're trying to wrestle with the whole thing and figure out what's God doing. And then at the, as soon as you think, well, maybe it's all stopped. It seems like the rain has quit in my life or the flood has stopped. Now all of a sudden everything just gets mixed up. And you're like, how am I supposed to live in a life where everything's mixed up? And, and it ends up being that you're not your own. You're actually being put together by God in a process while he's planning on using you for something that the cake can't even plan. You can't plan what God has for you. You don't know everything God has for you. The Bible says God knows the ends. Come on, somebody. From the beginning says the secret thing. Man, this smells. I'm not even kidding. So good right now. My kids would be like fighting over this. What is this called? Yes, that. 
And then it feels like instead of your life being stable, you feel like you're actually just being poured out. Like super fast. Say that again. Whisk it real good. Just talk amongst yourself. Be done in a minute. Oh my gosh. I'll sell that bowl. Some of y'all took me serious. Like planning dinner. What do you want, Taco Bell? Who wants Chick-fil-A? Not today. All right. Church is going to go a little longer than I thought. 30 to 35 minutes will be done. spoke to me, right? And he said this to me. He said, what would your life look like if you lived without regard to what anybody thought of you? I said, Lord, I think I do that. I try. He began to just pour out remembrance on me. He said, you're mine and I'm yours. To the angels, they can't sit in my presence, but I'm letting you sit with me in heavenly places. He said, he said, I don't want you to come to me with your head down. Could you imagine if your own children hung their head when they came to you and began to say to them, Mommy, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. It wasn't their good deeds that gave them access to you. It was the fact that they were born in your house. When you're born again, he doesn't want you hanging your head when you come to him. If you've done something wrong, repent, get over it, get past it, move on. But don't act like he's not your father. I said, Lord, I want to be free. And he said this to me. He said, if you had a cake that was supposed to bake for 45 minutes... Could you judge it after five? I said, no, you can't judge a cake after five minutes. It's supposed to bake for 45. This one, 30, 35. Some of y'all are like, that's perfect. Give me the plate. I said, no, Lord, you can't judge a cake. It's supposed to bake 45 minutes if it's only been in there five. He said, why not? I don't know if it's the same with you, but when God speaks to me, a lot of times it's in question form. And he never asks you a question he doesn't know the answer to. He wants to know if you'll be honest. He said to me, he said, said, well, can you judge it after five minutes? I said, no. He said, why not? I said, well, it's not done he said well when's it supposed to be done I said 45 minutes he said when are you supposed to be done and you have to answer the Lord with his word you can't just come up with your own idea he said when are you going to be done and I answered him with the scripture no man knows the day nor the hour when their soul will be required of them in other words only God knows And the Lord said to me, why are you letting people judge a half-baked cake? Of course you're still rolling around in the pan. Of course 
you're not as firm as you're going to be. Of course, you're not as stable as you're going to be. No more than you could judge a Picasso painting after one brush stroke. Is anybody in this room ready to be judged? Judge in the grand sense. Now, we should critique ourselves. We should press towards the mark for the prize, the high calling in Christ. We should, we should flee the appearance of evil. We should press. We should do our very best. But judgment doesn't belong to you because you don't even know when you're supposed to be finished. You don't even know when your timer's going to go off. There's two ways you're getting out of here as a Christian. All right? The first way, trumpet. All of us rise up to meet Jesus in the sky. Going to be an awesome day. But if he tarries, and we used to say this all the time in church. Preachers always say that. Lord, we just ask you to do this. And if Jesus tarries, amen. What that means is if, if you die before that happens. Two ways you're getting out of here. Trumpet, rise up, meet Jesus in the sky. Or you're going to die. Not the grand sense, like away from God. You'll stop breathing here and you'll start breathing in heaven. How quick? The twinkling of an eye. Who's going to be there? Everybody you love that knows Jesus. Did they miss you? No. The Bible says one day to the Lord is like a thousand years to us. That means if they left like 40 years ago, they've only been there like 15 minutes. We're going to be like, I missed you so much. I'm like, I'm not even done looking at my mansion yet. Time, we're not in time when we get to heaven. We're free of all that. But what happens when you get free, this is not an excuse for those living in sin. Get out of it. This is to say you're incomplete and you don't even know when you're supposed to be done. If the chef knows how long the cake is supposed to bake, only the chef can judge it because everybody else would be guessing because nobody knows when it's finished. What that does is it makes every opinion about you unauthorized. You ever heard anybody say this? Only God can judge me. That's because only God knows when you'll be through. Nobody knows. Of course I'm still rolling around in the pan. Of course I would pour out like wax. Of course. Well, what does that mean? You want to you know the next level? Everybody you don't like is a half-baked cake. You can't even judge them. They're not done. Well, they said this. They're not done. They said it about me. Aren't you glad they didn't say it about somebody else that would have gotten offended and given Jesus Christ a bad name? (laughs) I'm talking about silencing the cynics in your head when you go, well, I didn't try to miss the mark. I'm just incomplete. That's not a bad cake. It's just not done. You're not a bad Christian. You're just not done. What do I do? I got to start believing what God said about me. And he said, I'm the righteousness of Christ. I'm the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I got to start believing that. I can't just be saying it. I got to start going. I don't care what people think about me. I only care what the chef thinks about me because he's the only one who even knows when I'm going to be finished. Nobody even knows. I don't even know my timer. I'll tell you what I'm believing God for. I'm believing God for 120 years. Healthy in my right mind. I know the right mind part is questionable even now. But I'm half baked. That explained a lot to a lot of people. They're like, I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. 
Love this church. That's not what I'm talking about. Well, that cake looks really good now. Look at your neighbor and just say, you're half-baked. And so am I. freedom flooding the room. See, it's not what you did that got you accepted by him. It's what Jesus did that offered you the birth that puts you in the family of almighty God. Nobody's opinion of you matters at all because they don't even know where you are in the process. You might just still be in the bowl. You're not what you did right because if you were, you'd be demolished by what you did wrong. You're not what your children did. Maybe your adult children have made decisions that you wish they hadn't. You're not what you're not the decision that your children made. And even if you didn't do everything as well as you would have done it now, no duh, you weren't as smart then as you are now. Everybody gets better as we go. That's the whole plan. Like if you're still doing the same stupid stuff you were doing at 15, 16 years old and you're 45, get real. It's time to go to new levels. It's time to go to new heights. There's a beautiful song that says, Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. See, what happens is, when you begin to recognize who you are, now the Father's house becomes a place where you realize you are accepted. He'll never reject you. He'll never turn you away. And the thoughts you're tolerating, he despises. And if you're repenting for something you did five years ago and you've already repented, already repented for it, if you're repenting for something you did five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and you've already repented for it, he's sick of hearing it. I know him. He's tired of it. Any more than you would want your kids coming and apologizing to you 10 years later after something that they've apologized and stopped doing decades ago. You hang your head, oh, I'm so sorry. 10 years ago, I was this, I was that. Everything passed away and you became a new creation when you became a Christian. And now you can be free from all the thoughts because nobody's opinion of you has any weight. It's not authorized because they don't even know when you're supposed to be finished. Nobody knows the day when they actually should be judged so nobody can actually judge you, which means you can't even judge yourself in the eternal sense of judgment. your half-baked cake now you walk into the meetings free as a bird because you don't care what somebody thinks about you you're in school and you actually ask the questions that you need the answer to because you don't care if all the yahoos that are in the class think something about you they're not even going to be your friend five years from now don't you walk into a room and feel less than I don't just teach my children, 
you know, that Jesus loves them. I teach them when you talk, it's shoulders back, head up, eyes on eyes, and you talk bold as a lion because there's not one human being that is more important in this world than you are. Because you're God's son. You're God's daughter. So well, what does that mean for me? It means freedom. I'm just not, well, well, what about this? All these things that I did, I'll never forget this. My wife is the greatest human I've ever met. That's a true story. And when we were dating, I knew I was going to ask her to marry me. I believe God had showed her to me. She was going to be my wife. And there was a, a day when I felt like, man, I needed to let her know some of the things that I'd done in my life. Before I gave my life completely over to God. I had, you know, like everybody, just a season. If I'm honest, more than one season. And I remember sitting down and I'd thought about it. I thought, man, I'd, I might lose her. But I, I couldn't stomach the idea of going to deeper depths in our relationship and not telling her some things that I had been a part of. And I remember I spent a few minutes and said, I just got to tell you this. I said, I know you know me as this. But when I lived here, these are some of the things that I did. When I lived here, these are some of the things that I did. I'm not proud of it at all. I don't celebrate it. But I made some decisions that I'm not proud of. And the whole time, I'm saying this thinking there's a good chance I'm about to lose the person that has brought me more joy than any other person on the planet. And when I got done saying it all, she listened very kindly. And I said, what do you think about that? And she looked right back at me. She held my hand. She said, I didn't know that man. She said, the Bible says, all things pass away and everything became new. And I'm in love with you. It's time to stop listening to the cynics in your head because you're not what you did. You're not what you used to think. When you said yes to Jesus, it's a new life. I know this sounds simple, but the greatest apostle that ever lived, he said, I'm not trying to come to you guys with, with elegant speech. I just want you to know Christ and him crucified. In other words, if you'll get in Jesus, he'll get in you. And he'll change everything. But it doesn't stop the day that you say yes. It actually just begins. And you can't just say, I'm not affected by what people think about me. You actually have to start believing that you're what he said you are. His child. And if you are his child, of course you didn't deserve, excuse me, earn the inheritance. But as a child, you deserve it all. Does this make sense? Is this helping you at all? Bow your head and close your eyes. Lord, as we come to you now, not as not as adults and not as strategists but as children we come to you and any of the stuff we've done we apologize and to the best of our ability we turn from it now by faith anything we've done that doesn't please you 
But Lord, we're, we're committing new today to not just say we're the righteousness that's found in you, but literally now we're going to believe it, which nullifies every cynical opinion and thought that has plagued us and kept us insecure. We give it all to you now. We cast those cares on you. And for every person under the sound of my voice and those watching online, I speak supernatural freedom from the opinions of other people in your life that you will not live your life as a slave to what people think or may think about you, but you will live free being known as an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That is who you are, not because of your great successes and not because of your failures, but because you have been born again into God's family. I decree and declare that the blood of Jesus sets you free from all of these thoughts, from all of these insecurities, and whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Everybody just say, I receive it in Jesus' name. I will not be plagued by cynical thoughts or the opinions of others. One more day in my life, I am free and I will live free in Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.